Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Gullian. Nate, how's it going, man? Good, Zach. Uh, heard any good jokes lately? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Oof. <laughs> I have heard some good jokes. Actually, uh, there was there was one really great meme on uh, I picked up off the internet yesterday, uh, and it's, ironically, it's about pirates, um, <laughs> and and uh, I'm going to read it to you because it's, it's, just, it's just text. Um Breaks my heart that pirates spend their whole lives following a map when the real treasure is the friendships they build along the way. <laughs> well, that's a good segue, Zach, because <laughs> when we were streaming Pirate Stompy a couple weeks ago at Paragon City Games, someone said, what if the list was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> and it turned out the list was just a joke. Yeah. But we had fun with our deck that we made up in five minutes and accidentally got out when Tim posted on the internet. <laughs> yeah created a whole created a whole scandal yeah well you know it's funny like we had people coming into the stream a couple weeks ago when no one knew if this was actually real being like is this the list and we'd say, and say well no i made it up in five minutes and then someone else would say actually this deck sucks and i'd say the same thing <laughs> actually i made it up in five minutes so whatever a real deck it never was um at least what it was think? a heartfelt honest deck you know? Yeah, it was it was from the heart. I composed it in real time when we were emailing about what turned out to be just uh, planted uh, planted seeds. I guess that is what you do with seeds, right? You plant them. You do plant them. What do you think? Is that just mean Chalice is just that good? I mean, we won games. Like, there's footage yeah, of us winning yeah, the, games. Yeah, four one was legit. I think that Chalice and Soul Lands is a legit strategy in in uh, Legacy, and uh, anyone that says otherwise is crazy. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Big Red is, is doing its thing right now. Uh, um, you know, you can basically jam uh, jam Soul Lands and Chalice into any deck that will not run one drops, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna at least have a good time. The Soul Lands make everything make make bad cards good, which is really funny. Yeah, like all those pirates are such garbage, but like when you're casting them on turn two on the play. They're actually not so bad. Like, you know, 1-1, one, one, they sacrifice a land. You you have three permanents, so they're zero. It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm never touching it again. I never want to look at these Rashad in cards again. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't spend that much money on them, but we had fun for a day, and then it got old. Yep. Well, uh, let's let's move on from there uh, onto, uh, onto happier waters, as it were. Um, yeah. And uh, so you've, you've been playing Esper Mentor lately, right? Yeah, I've had a weird schedule where I've been able to play a lot of Magic Online. And as we talked about when we did the Echelon preview, I'm really into this card, Shard of Course, right? One in a blue, draw two cards, then discard unless you attack with a creature. And I decided that I wanted to play it in an Esper Mentor shell with the theory that Lingering Souls is good, is a good card right now. And we'll get to that in a second. 
and that's a good discard. Uh, and Cabal Therapy has synergy with Lingering Souls and having a discard. Sure. Uh, they both are really good with Mentor. Um, and I built a deck that you know, I've been playing it a lot, and I, way more than I usually play Magic Online just because of how my schedule's worked out. And I think I've gone through like seven leagues with, with the same like 68 cards and maybe five with the same 72, you know? My original build didn't have Deathrite Shaman. I went really heavy on discard with like Thoughtseize and I had to reanimate thinking I could like Thoughtseize reanimate as a play as well. Okay. Yeah, because reanimate does target either graveyard. So Yeah, and you could like <laughs> – yeah, getting their Grizzlebrand is pretty fun. Hilarious but I was thinking, actually. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking like, well, this might be a, a viable backup plan to you know mentor if I needed it or something. Like, I can get a nab someone's true name nemesis on turn two. Yeah, you know, and just make them deal with it. Um, but what I found in the first couple of leagues I played was that with Thoughtseize and Gitaxian Probe and Fetchlands and Force of Will, I was eating my life total so fast that by the time I got mentor going, like. I could just like get bolted and die. Yeah, you need you need <laughs> to like, block with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it wasn't even that. It was like so much that like they have like a flying or unblockable creature and a bolt. You know, I was like at, you know seven, yeah. something like that. You know, so I was in I was getting into trouble with my life total. So I cut the thought seasons and I had the decision to whether or not I was going to play Inquisition of Kozilek or Deathrite. And I decided to play Deathrite, and I I. I I don't know if we'll talk too much about the ban restriction update next week today, but I don't like playing into like death right goes into everything. But honestly, like I just felt like it was going to be better than discard in the current meta, like online, just because there's it's so fair. Yeah. Like there's so many fair decks. I just think death right is a better card against fair decks and inquisition of Kozilek. Um, and it, but you know, and it does actually take your game versus combo down quite a lot. To like, I only had the three cabal therapies and four force of will. I had no other counter spells. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Like, meant some mentor theory. Yeah. But when I with the death right, and then the, again, lingering souls. The point about lingering souls is that I feel like if you're not going to play Grixis or Bug, like if you're going to play Esper colors, lingering souls is your best unique card for what you want to do. Yeah, I think it's, it's it, in, good in that color combo. It's probably one of the best cards to to pull. Yeah, because it's good against point removal. It's good against sweepers because you could just store it in your graveyard. You know, it's good against planeswalkers. It's like an evasive attacker. Yep. All those things that our people are doing. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes against that, and that's what that Esper Delver deck was doing with Lingering Souls. Um, so I felt that was good, and then Deathrite is another way to sort of grind things out. Um, the reason I don't have any other counter spells, I kind of feel like like if your plan is to counter removal on Mentor, there's not really much you can do. Um, I mean, first of all, Abrupt Decay is on counter ball. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, like trying to daze a lightning bolt on your three drop, like that's probably not going to work, you know. And then you end up just holding up Mentor with some with like some extra with extra mana anyway. So you might as well just have like something proactive to just play like a, you know, cabal therapy or in my case, just I felt like more cantrips. Why not make more dudes, make them deal with it, you know? Yep. Yep. So the death rate version, I went three, two, three, two and four, one in my first three leagues. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, and then I kind of hit a wall and I think I went one and four in the last league. <laughs> uh, but like um, I, I do think the deck is good and chart, of course, is actually really good. Like it's pretty good. Um, 
I would say most of the time I don't I never I, I'm discarding I, maybe 75 percent of the time. Like, but but you're built for that, you know. Like you've got you've got the cards that that work well if you discard them. Right. There's like cards you can discard. Actually, it's like it's funny because both Lingering Souls and Cabal Therapy, like from a mana cost standpoint, like you know Cabal Therapy has a cost um, flashback that's significant, but like it's actually a discount. <laughs> so you can like if you discard like if your turn one is just like whatever, and their turn one is whatever, your turn two is like draw two cards, discard Lingering Souls. You know, like mm-hmm. you're they, they know that like next turn you're going to have two one ones with mana open, which is good. And like you can do things like double therapy them on that turn with probe. Like you just have so much. You just have so oh, much. Yeah. Going, right. And that's just with lingering souls. Doesn't even get to like I also have Snapcaster Mage and Cabal Th- or, um, and um, I have a Gurmag Angler, I have Snapcaster Mage. I've got mentor you know like all these things like it's just such a hard card to deal with deck running jace as well no and the reason i'm not running jace is to undercut pyroblast as a legitimate okay option that's that's a fair that's a fair uh assessment i think uh everyone's everyone's right now playing uh some number of them in in uh their sideboards so i think that's a pretty pretty smart move I'm sure Pyroblast would come in against me and it doesn't hit any of my threats. It just hits my whatever, like 15 card draw spells. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's fine. Um, so, like, that's the thing. Like, it's 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 sort of built to take on that aspect of the metagame where it's very Pyroblasty, very point removally. People are trying to grind out. But, you know, Mentor, like, if, you, if you're, like, in a grindy top deck war and then, like, suddenly, like, you have a Mentor and, like, one cantrip, like, you're just off to the races. Yeah, it's, it's over. And then all of a sudden, like, they're staring down, like, an army that, you know, you could have something, in your, like, even, like, a sweeper there, right? Mm-hmm. You could have, like, a lingering soul sitting in your graveyard. <laughs> it's like, well, if I, if I, I either I sweep now, then he, flashed back, then he flashes back lingering souls and does some other stuff. Like, the card velocity with thanks to chart, of course, is so high. It's like, it's been really good. So I'm hoping to, uh, to fine-tune it a little bit and, uh, you know, hopefully break through with, like, a 5-0 to get the list posted or do something uh, in a live tournament. But I think Charter Course is the real deal. Cool. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's, it's good to hear. Like, I, 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 you know, I was skeptical of this new set as far as, like, what will this set have to offer? And when you have a theme like pirates and dinosaurs and merfolk and, like, none of the merfolk are legacy playable. It's all green. <laughs> you're like, why are these not? Why are none of these cards legacy playable? It happened at, at every single time that, like, merfolk are at are a uh, feature of a set like ever since uh gate crash um i've i've been like why aren't we getting any good merfolk you know like uh but i i think that's also it speaks to the power level of of the cards in in merfolk decks because they're all kind of the same but they're all very good um so that could be a reason why we're not seeing like playable merfolk anyhow because it's kind of unnecessary like yeah how big does your toolbox need to be? Um, right. But yeah, well, you want to play green merfolk. <laughs> yeah, so like Char- Charter Course is actually funny. Funnily enough, a card that actually wouldn't be terrible in merfolk um, because you're Not obviously attacking, right? And um, drawing two cards is is actually a thing that's better than drawing any one merfolk for the most part. Well, it draws you more merfolk. Yeah, exactly. like, an gonna, like every yeah. card in your deck's pretty much the same for the most part. The cards that you want, right? So if you cast Charter Course and you have a vial out, right, and you're like, "Oh, look at that! I got a, uh, I got another mer- two merfolk. 
uh, I guess I'll put one into play and I still have a merfolk in my hand. You know, like that's that's good. You know, well, I think draw two for two in blue, which has not existed. It really has not um, other than predict, which it, which is more of a setup card than like yeah. a synergy with creatures card. I mean, was definitely worth looking at. I'm, I'm, here's the funny thing: I have not seen this card. I've you know played a lot of leagues, um, and uh, like I haven't seen another Ixalan card. Ixalan. I'm trying to pronounce it correctly for our South American friends. Um, in play, except for Search for Azkanta, which I just hit with a spell snare yeah. <laughs> and then didn't let resolve. You're like, but, no, no, uh, no, no. I don't know what that does, but I'm I like, don't want to know. I don't know what it does. So I'm gonna just, I mean, I know what it, I, I yeah, read it yeah, and I was course. like, well, this probably sucks, but I don't think the spell snare is hitting anything else. I'm just going to yeah, hit of course. this. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, when are you going to spend another four mana after this? Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, th- this is always the problem with a new set is like, there's a pretty good chance that none of these cards are going to be legacy playable. Um, there's always like one or two in a set that's like a role player or a decent sideboard card. Um, and, and like I said, there's that, I forget the name of the card, the green one mana spell, like whenever your opponent targets your dudes, uh, you, you draw, draw a card. card. I, I definitely want to play that in, in, uh, Infect. I think that's a great card for like main deck in Infect even, you know, yeah. um, that, that said, uh, you know, uh, I think that, uh, I, I think the Charter Course is, is an interesting card and I think it, it's cool that it has a place. Well, I think it, hopefully, hopefully it will. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with this. Um, there was actually an Esper Mentor deck that was playing like in Tomb Reanimate and Grizzlebrand that just made top sixteen in the uh, yeah that's Legacy awesome. Challenge. It's, really it's awesome when you can it, just but... throw Reanimate into your deck and be like, and screw it, I'll throw this fatty in here too and see what happens. And... I mean, he's, he, they're not, it's not, they're not wrong as an idea. Like I actually did toy with that idea. I mean, I, I mentioned having the one reanimate. Yeah. I did, I did consider like a transformational sideboard into like a reanimation deck. Right. And Charter Course I, is actually good with that plan. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, you can bend the shit with Charter Course too. So yeah, like, yeah. Actually just like drawing, drawing two cards at that point. It's like drawing two cards and furthering your plan. So it's like, it's actually oh, yeah. pretty good. Um, I mean, most of the time, even if I'm not dropping Lingering Souls to it, like, you know, I still am fine discarding value, very often. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just like there's always an extra land, or you like like a, like a second or third death right you don't really need. Yeah. You know, like that's another card that I can ditch like in the late game. I'm just digging for like removal, or I just have Snapcaster Mage and I can like ditch an instant and then Snapcaster it back if I need to. You know. Yeah. Like, I guess the question is: Is it better to just draw two, or is it better to draw three and put two back? Well. I'm obviously I think draw three and put two back for one mana instant speed is way better. Yes. Um, like, <laughs> but I mean, I mean uh, you know, I'm just I'm j- d- the the question here is it is it is it better to draw two, just flat draw two, or is it better to do brainstorm without any of the like any of the instant speed just in a, in a vacuum? What's better? In a vacuum, what's better? Are we talking about mana cost here? Yeah, no, nope, we're mana just saying, here? is it better to draw two cards straight or draw three and put two back? Well, I think obviously drawing two cards straight would be better. Like, <laughs> you're up a card. Yeah. I mean, I, right? I, I, I'm i not disagreeing w- w- with you here. Uh, but there is, there's, there's a, it's not completely obvious because getting deeper into your deck, finding that thing that you need, you know. That that's a that's a thing too. So, um, I, I think that what getting to see one more card probably not worth a card. 
getting to see one more card, probably not worth a card. I will say, too, I've actually used Chart of Cores to get myself out of Brainstorm Lock a couple times. Like, I have three mana up, and I, like, Brainstorm, and it's all garbage. I'm like, ah, shit. All right, whatever. We're going to just Chart of Cores, and then we'll try again next turn. <laughs> yeah, that seems like, I mean, that seems like a pretty Discard smart, any of these move. pieces of crap. <laughs> yeah, paying three mana Sometimes to just get through your deck a little bit more is, is probably a good idea. Yeah, that was like three. That's like a three mana two for two. Like, uh, it's not great, but what's the thing? The average card in Legacy is so powerful. Like, um, really, just that's what that's what makes raw card drawing not as important. If that if that's the way to put it, like in the old days, Zach, like drawing cards was the best thing, right? Because like you just had you just needed to win with like more cards right you remember that feeling of just like drawing more cards yeah i mean that's why we play jmj tome you <laughs> yeah, remember the t- first time you scooped up your necro pile yeah <laughs> and you're like oh great i can get rid of these stupid swamps and get my order of the oven hand yeah i'll play this lake of the dead and cast four spells <laughs> but like now the can the reason that one of the things that makes the cantrips that are just one for one more so powerful is that that one card you draw is going to also is going to do like a zillion things, you yeah. know, and that that makes it so that it's actually less important to draw multiple cards. In fact, just thinking about the card standstill, um, you know, that that takes so much setup and then you just draw like what would he draw like more Mishra's factories and standstills like we, yay. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's such a heavy build around. And I love Standstill. I don't want anyone to think that this is like I'm making fun of Standstill. I would love nothing would make me happier than Standstill to be like a playable card. Right? I mean, that's or why a, that's why I used to play a Merfolk. I don't. I never played the Chalice version. I played the Standstill version. Yeah, just draw more Merfolk, right? Yeah. Just like we're, but now you just play Charter Thank course. you. Yeah, now you can just draw a Charter Course or play Charter Course and draw more Merfolk, and not have anyway, to worry about being ahead on board. Not have to worry about being ahead on board and, or something like that. Yeah, so. Um, but like, yeah, we talked about uh, standstill. We, we reviewed this card. Also, um, thirst for knowledge, yeah. uh, gifts ungiven, intuition. Like, you don't really need cards like that to get ahead because you just you can find your really powerful cards with the uh, with the cantrip. So it's nice to have a card that sort of has a lot has a little bit of play to it. Like, there is tension. Like, do I want to discard a card here? Or not like because sometimes you don't want to you don't want to just attack so you can draw two you know yeah sometimes like you want to do you want to draw two before you attack <laughs> also like right if, yeah if, like let's say you have a missile <laughs> clear on the board out a blocker for and, example <laughs> and you know there's a there's a two two on the board and you have a mentor and you want to attack but you're also like well uh, my opponent's going to probably block if I don't cast this charter course you know yeah, like uh, so. Yeah, I think I think there's there's a tension there, and I think that's that's you know, that's what makes the game interesting is like you can be in these situations where you're like, well, maybe I should, you know, do one thing or do the other, and the the, the correct answer is not always apparent. Yeah, definitely right. I mean, the card is fun. That's the thing. It's, it's yeah. a little bit more fun than just like the sort of rudimentary. I'm chewing through my deck with my cantrips. Look at me. Though I do have to do all that too with probe and brainstorm and ponder so that I can get mentor triggers, but. Um, it's also I don't know. I'm having. I'm, oh, go on. I'm just saying, like you know, my favorite. What's what's what card do I love playing more than anything else? Lingering Souls. Like yeah. any chance I can get to play Lingering Souls, I'll do it. Like yeah. I don't know why, but there's something very satisfying about it. I mean, we've talked about this phenomenon with some other cards, right? Like, what's a card for you that you just get so much satisfaction out of playing that you just will go out of your way to play it if you can? 
I mean, it's it's gifts ungiven, obviously. <laughs> That's right. Because I was, I was, I was like a modern gifts. player for the longest time that like I just lived and died by by uh, junk gifts, like value gifts, to the point where I was playing uh, like everyone else was playing blue white red control, and I was playing Goto gifts. Like yeah. I was casting casting Goto at six, and then untapping, and then swinging in for twenty two the next turn. You know, like yeah. uh, so. Yeah, it's gifts ungiven for sure. If I could play that in Legacy, I would be a very happy man. But it's very hard to make that that uh, that combo work. Uh, it's funny that that in in Legacy, it's harder to cast four drops in a three color deck, and you really want to be a four color deck if you're gonna play play a gifts deck, right? Um, yeah. I mean, that's a spot where you might want to be like, well, I'll play Deathrite Shaman, which is sort of a segue into <laughs> the uh, the discussion we might have a little later on. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, I just sort of close out the discussion. Like, Knight of the Reliquary is another one that I, yeah, people, like, I like, and people have said, like, I just love Knight, so I'm playing Knight today. Yeah. Like, that's my thing I'm doing. Nimble Mongoose, I think people yeah, I really love, like Mongoose. I love casting Nimble Mongoose, but Nimble Mongoose yeah. doesn't feel, like, Nimble Mongoose feels good, but it doesn't feel like it does when you, like, set four cards down in front of your opponent, and you're like, you decide which ones go to the graveyard. And they look at you like, fuck you. Why? <laughs> why, have you right. do- why are you doing this to me? And like, yeah, like, you would like, would you play Chart of Course, discard Lingering Souls? <laughs> like, yeah. I get a fuzzy feeling. Yeah, like, exactly. Congratulations and... on your two one ones next turn. Yeah. <laughs> well, segueing into what else we could talk about. Yeah. There is a Banner Restricted update on Tuesday. It's coming up. Uh, you know, these are generally our more popular podcasts, Nate. People like to hear us uh, talk about the Banner Restricted list. Uh and sort of give give our take on what's going to happen. We're often wrong, uh, and and the community doesn't doesn't dislike pointing that out. Either, I think. <laughs> well, um, I would say I listened to our last BNR update show, and we were kind of right. Like mentor got hit, and we were right about vintage. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we were right about legacy to the extent that, to the extent that nothing got banned. Um, but you know there is an issue with this with this next ban restricted update, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, we've got the we've got tournaments coming up that are pretty important, pretty big radar tournaments. So, uh, yeah, like, so what do we have coming up? The Eternal Weekend with the Legacy and Vintage Championships yep. is next Friday and Saturday. I and couldn't the, imagine uh, them getting rid of getting rid of anything between now and then, but I still want to talk about it. Well, I think yeah. Well, I, for Legacy, let's let's start with Legacy. Like, mm-hmm. people are still griping about Deathrite and four color decks and. I you mean, know, we're going, I don't want we're to talk, going we full on, right? Like, it's almost five-color decks in some circumstances. Checkpile's even using Lingering Souls at this point sometimes. That's because it's awesome against Checkpile. Yeah. Right. I, I think that I, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the on – the, well, I shouldn't say this. I've changed my opinion such that I, I'm ambivalent towards whether or not it gets banned because now I'm just, like, tired of people complaining about it. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's not doing what I want it to do, which is enable non-blue decks. Like – but I making, don't think, yeah, yeah I, I just don't think that it gets banned and much changes. Like, I just feel like that blue-black shell is so strong. Like, you know, they just keep getting more toys. I mean, that's the thing. Like, even in Modern, which where Deathrite was banned, like, the, Modern didn't have Baleful Strix and Leovold and Trina Nemesis, you know, like... It's just there's just so much in Legacy that just fits right into that that I don't think that it, Checkpile is really a blue black deck with two splashes. Well, if and, I can interject, the reason why Deathrite Shaman got banned in in Modern 
is because it was good. It was good in Jund. Right. In um, fact, and what's up? The Death Rite Shaman uh, band, the band announcement. Would you like me to read it? Please, please do. I thought it was. Uh, um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about in the context of Legacy mm-hmm. because what they said about it at the time. Sorry, my computer's being a little slow, so I'm, I'm filling time. Uh, Wizards, Wizards website does it again. Different yeah. flavors of black green decks have recently been among the best performing decks in modern. These decks play many very efficient ways to trade cards one for one with their opponents, such as Thoughtseize, Inquisition, and Rupt Decay. Strongman Acceleration helps these decks trade one for one efficiently that they can keep with the other decks in a large format. But normally, playing Man Acceleration comes at the cost of playing cards that are less powerful in the late game. Deathrite Shaman, however, is powerful at all stages of the game. Having a strong attrition-based deck as a large portion of the metagame makes it difficult for decks that are based on synergies between cards instead of individually powerful cards. We believe that removing Deathrite Shaman from the format will leave more, fu- more room for future innovation. They also unbanned Bitter Blossom and Wild Nakatl on that date, by the way. Yeah. Neither of which have done anything. <laughs> I mean, Wild Nakatl was being played in Zoo, um, but yeah. they got rid of Zoo two years later. Um, it's funny because what they were really saying is that Birthing Pod and Jund are really oppressive, and they also ha- use Deathrite to win in the late game as, as well as dominate in the early game. And a lot of people who are echoing this assertion that Synergy is not a place to be and with was because every deck is trending towards this pile of the best cards and it's enabled by death rate. However, looking at the top four decks on MTG Goldfish right now, and it's got its problems, but just to, just a quick aside, the the top four decks, yes, the first two are four color Leovold or Engrix's Delver. The next two are Elves and Ad Nauseam Tendrils. Like, you can't tell me that Elves and Storm are not decks based on synergies. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, it's, those are the so, two most synergistic decks you can possibly build in Magic. I think. Yes, and I think what we're the, what the the point would be is that there's not there's not a lot of synergies to be explored in a fair way. Like Elves is not a fair deck. <laughs> it is no. really not a fair deck. It can play fair, but it certainly is not fair. Well, yeah, like it can play fair, but it's not a fair deck. Like I've won on turn two with Elves. Yeah, that's a combo deck for sure. <laughs> like. Um, so like, and obviously storm is, is not like a fair deck, but it's, it's very synergistic and, you know, I've won on turn one with storm though, not recently. Um, so the, the thing is, it's not, there's not much you can do in the fair deck spectrum to combat these highly synergistic decks. The problem is I don't think taking death, right. Does anything meaning enough, meaningful is enough meaningful impact to these shells because, these other any other deck is still going to have to be like, let's say they just replace Deathrite with two pieces of hand disruption, one piece of removal, and another land, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of playing a Deathrite, they're going to thought seize you. Then they're going to play Baleful Strix and have a blocker for anything you do that just drew them a card. So they're they're up a card, you know, or they're going to him you on turn two, right? Yeah. And then on turn three, they could play you know Leovold, or maybe they'll Colagons command your guy and make you discard a card, right? Like, all those cards are still there, and it's going to just be on curve. Now, here's here's something I want to like your opinion on. Some people say that without Deathrite, this will make Wasteland Stifle strategies better. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that... I don't think that Deathrite... 
I, I do think Death Ray is a problem for Rug Delver, which is the deck people are talking about. Let's you know, not let's not kid ourselves specifically. However, if you overload on removal, like I feel like you can deal with death rate. What you can't deal with is when they just all right. Well, here's a five five for one. <laughs> Do yeah. something with that. You know, like that blocks everything you can be doing in that deck, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly Grimog Angler is the toughest card for a rug player to deal with. Yeah, um, and even Baleful Strix is hard for the rug Delver player to deal with because now that blocks Delver. Now it's two mana, but two mana like. You have to hang on till what turn four or five and draw yourself out. Like it, these decks are also playing like six to seven pieces of one mana removal. That's going to get rid of a Delver. Mm-hmm. And like, well, maybe Mongoose will be good. Yeah, but Mongoose could be a one-one for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's a savior waiting to walk through the door unless, like, I think you need to take a hammer to this shell if you want to do anything. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that they do that on Tuesday, but. I was yeah. burned. Yeah. And what's your opinion on, on, on that, like, the interplay between Rug, specifically, and these other decks without well, death? I think, I think the, the real problem is no one's being given the tools to compete, right? So right. If, if you created a Rug version of Leovold of some kind, like something on that power level, or you created, uh, you know, you created sort of a Deathrite Shaman that works in, in Rug... You know, and specifically talking about Rug here. Like, I think yeah. that there's there's several ways to to fight uh, this deck, but they all involve printing a card that it is as powerful as that card, which is really hard for for um, development to do because they've just been, you know, this is a bad time for standard uh, to to be making waves, right? Like, they they want to print powerful cards but they don't want to print powerful cards in standard. Um, and, and luckily, Deathrite Shaman fell into that bracket of a card that wasn't particularly powerful in standard. Like, it saw play in standard, but yeah. it wasn't great. It's just like Treasure Cruise. Treasure Cruise was g- okay in standard, but, like, no one was abusing it in standard, right? So they have to print these cards uh, for colors other than Bug, right, that um, Bug can't also play. Right, like that's the other part. Like, because if you just right. keep adding adding to the pile of bug cards, well, that becomes a problem. So you either have to get rid of Deathrite Shaman because it enables them to do whatever they want, right? Um, or you have to you have to put out a- enough cards um, to make to let these decks be updated, right? So like, um, Rug has pretty much been dead for. Almost a year at this point, you know, we you can play it every now and again to some level of success, but the truth is, the deck's having a hard time being above water. Um, and and one of those reasons is like you can't, you don't have the tools to fight the, you know, you don't have the tools to fight the the other fair decks anymore, and the unfair decks have kind of figured out your game too. So like the decks that you want to prey on are are prey on a bull, I guess, but like you're not surprising them with anything. And the decks that, uh, the, the, the other fair decks that get preyed on by those, by those decks are, are as good against the unfair decks too, because they're just playing, they're, they're a bug deck that splashes red for pyroblasts, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. Well, the thing that you mentioned that I think is important is that the cards have been printed for this deck. Like, 
in the last you five know, years. In yeah, I mean, right, exactly. We talked when we did when I when I listened to our last episode, we talked about how if you if you look at what they printed that in a in that's targeted at legacy, it's either been like in a like a blue value card like Leovold or True Name or Baleful Strix, or it's been some sort of hate card targeted at those blue strategies like Sanctum Prelate or Recruiter of the Guard, mm-hmm. which goes with Sanctum Prelate, right? Um, but like, so they're they're telling us they've told us in their printings like this is what we see Legacy as, right? It's it's these blue big blue big blue decks versus these hate decks, and there's not they're not giving us variety in the big blue decks like a rug mana dork a la like a noble hierarch in that produced red mana would be bonkers for for like the rug color combination yeah. which which just you know we talked like a braid like if a braid did four damage to a creature like it would be that yep. much better right a braid just would be to, playable yeah you know well, I mean it is play it is playable it a is, it is currently card, playable but, you know, but, but it's, like, it's not helping what deck is it being played in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like not yeah, certainly not played, a rug yeah. deck, right? Right. Well, you could play the rug, but like it's it's like I know what you're, but I know what you're saying. Like, but, and you know, even like roast. Like, is roast good enough? One in a red sorcery to get rid of the Gurmag Angler. Like, I mean, maybe, but you know, rug doesn't want to tap. Doesn't want to be tapping two lands at sorcery speed too much. Like, no. you know, Tarmogoyf is was the only card that did that for what seven years like i don't know how long i I, I don't even mind that like the deck will have to change i get that it can't possibly stay stay the way it is right now it might not be a stifle wasteland deck anymore it might be something else but like you've got to give people who own who own volcanics and tropical islands and that's their only thing a chance to get back into the into the meta at least right and this is you know this isn't a rug only podcast there are other color combinations that need just as much help you know well anything that's not well i mean like all these like baleful like i was saying like baleful strix is better than dark confidant leovold is or true name is better than knight of the reliquary Mm -hmm. like snapcaster mage is better than eternal witness like you just taken all this stuff that was identified with a different kind of color and put it in blue which also has force of will and the best yeah. consistency. And then you rip the only consistency engine that other decks, other colors could play out of the format. <laughs> well, this is what, this is what you end up yeah. with. And I'm, and I'm saying, I mean, I really think like the, the, there will be a slight lift that rug specifically might get from the banning of death, right? But I don't think it can come. I don't think there is a baleful Strix out for rug decks right now. Mm-hmm. Coiling Oracle. No, like no, get out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Like, let's see. We got we got um. If what's Coiling that? Oracle Savage Knuckleblade is Savage Knuckleblade. Like that's bigger than Leovold, I no guess. No way. You would never play Savage Knuckleblade. Like for, uh, the thing is, is again, like with Rug, uh, Rug needs to daze. It needs to. It needs to cast. It needs to do Wasteland right now. But the deck could change. The deck could evolve. It's just gonna take a while for that. Like idea of what to do to to come out and it's like look at look at the mardu like uh creature that they just printed that thing that vampire that thing is trash markov yeah right that thing is terrible (laughs) i forgot about it and i played mardu yeah it's like it's like the og markov whatever and it's just like come on like that card's terrible like why there there's a color combination that just doesn't doesn't really have it and if they just you know, if they just put a little thought into the, you know, into the uh, color combo, 
Like, there would maybe be a chance for people to play um, a Mardu deck in, in Legacy and, like, do do well with it on a level that, like, isn't just like, ah, he lucked out, you know? Like, yeah. you want to you wanna see people being able to play, you know, Badlands and Scrublands, you know, and, and be like, yeah, this deck was really good. I'm really glad I, I, I tried something that wasn't just the same, like, 30 cards plus some threats, you know? Yeah. Well, that is where, that is that is what's happening, and I, I think, like, to the extent that Deathrite Shaman is causing that, they will eventually decide to ban it. I don't think that's going to happen next week. No. Um, no, no, no like no. I said, I, I, I said last time we talked about, it, I'm pretty, I will take it over the field for the next card ban, and I'm just done. I, I'm not really. I, I just, I just caution people about thinking that suddenly this is going to open up things. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot there, you know, that yeah. that can still be done, and. You know, subtle things like Fatal Push and Gurmag Angler, like, they really do change things. Like, Fatal Push makes Tarmogoyf bad. Yeah, could you imagine, like, like put, producing a card like that in, like, green or red or, or blue? Like, blue probably, you know, something stupid, right? But, like, nothing in green <laughs> or red for one mana that just, like, kills any any common threat in in a format, like... In a format that's like dominated by, by one and two drops, like Fatal Push is is such a king. Well, it's it's not even like, like is it worse than Swords of Plowshares? I mean, yes, right, because it doesn't kill Gurmag Angler, but like in practice, like the presence of Fatal Push just does 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 so much to what you can do. Like, I mean, to think about the pressure on Stoneforge Mystic from cards that are not Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh Coligan's command, Baleful Strix, uh Fatal Push, Cabal Therapy, all these all these decks that get played in this in this color combination. Him to Torak. Ugh. You ever had you ever you ever de- de- dug something up with uh, Stoneforge and had it hemmed? That feels terrible. Oh. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> um like all those cards are still going to be there and whether whether or not like it's going to be a little bit harder to cast them. I think that their value is so high. Like the value you get out of them is just so high that it's going to be tough still for like, you know, what kind of synergy deck do you want to see out there? Goblins, Merfolk, like that's probably what, maybe what people mean. Like that's still going to, like they're still going to die to fatal push and baleful Strix. Yeah. Well, maybe not Merfolk because they'll walk past the baleful Strix, but that would, that's true now. So what are you yeah. worried about? Right. So, um, you know, what we should do is, is pivot to, uh, obviously, they're not going to get rid of anything in Vintage either, but we should pivot to talk about Vintage a little bit. Well, do you think that there's a 0% chance they get rid of something in Vintage? I would say Paradox there's a... What's Paradox Outcome doing? I would say there's a 5% chance. And it, I, I, I don't think... I think that the 5% chance is some other random piece of the Mishra's Workshop deck. They're just like, we don't want it to be Mishra's Workshop, but the, we'll take out... Now Ballista is a one of, you know, like that card is so fucking stupid, man. I I, I really, <laughs> I, I really uh, don't. I I think that like you know, there's there's like a hard rule in Legacy, and that, that hard rule is is no, they're never going to ban uh, Brainstorm, right? I yep. think in Vintage the hard rule is no, they're never going to ban uh, Misha's Workshop, and we'll get to this point where. That you know they'll try and try and try and try to to make the deck worse and worse and worse, but because you have access to literally twenty five years worth of 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 brown cards, 
something's always going to sneak by in development. Well, what would you ban? Sphere resistance? Yeah, I At mean, this fine. Point, like... You could ban sphere resistance, but like, uh, I, I like, would that change anything? Like, well, I just don't the question know, is, like, how is many this... lock pieces do you ban until it's like, okay, like, fine, like, do, do you get tangle wire after that? Like, what do you do? Like, it just well, sorcerer's spyglass is just waiting to shut off a bunch of uh, fetch lands. Oh god. Um. Yeah, I mean, you could go after another one of the creatures, ballista. Like that card really is stupid with workshop. Like. Yeah. Jeez, Boundary Expector next turn two two or like freaking like eight eight. I don't know how big it gets. <laughs> um, like Boundary Expector is a three three two like, and that reduces all their spells. That's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like the only thing I was thinking is whether or not Paradoxical Outcome is too good, but it doesn't seem like it is. I don't see it everywhere. It's. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Like, it's broken, for sure. Is it broken for Vintage? I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, a, a, a Spell Pierce, it, you know, like, a, a Mental Misstep traded out for a Spell Pierce here and there, like, stops that from being a problem, honestly. Because, like, you generally cast that into, like, one or two open open mana, and then draw all your mana rocks, and then you're like, oh, good, I got my Teleron Academy, I'll drop that down, I'll play all my mana rocks again, I'll draw a bunch of cards... Yeah, that's that's when like in my experience with with my deck, that's when things get stupid. It's like when you cast it with like one or two open mana, and you just go nuts after that. Like there's been times where I've been fish, uh, you know, fishing my deck, and I'm like, wow, man, like this was this was a turn five thing, but like I was in a real bind, and had my opponent not been able to counter my paradoxical outcome, the game's just over, and I'm only playing two of them in my deck. You know, yeah. there are decks that do play four because it's like, yeah, you can I'm just storm one right off now. after that. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it. I, I saw a lot of it right after the restrictions, um, but I think that's been corrected for with the card Null Rod. Yeah. So yeah, Null Rod. Uh, Delver a tough is actually man. looks like Delver is actually the second most played deck, and let's see the Null Rod count in there. Two in the main deck. And a stony silence in the sideboard of this deck I'm looking at. Plus yeah, no, I mean... Smelt. The... Four smelt! Yes. Smelt. Gross. <laughs> you, know the, you know what the, uh, you know what the uh, flavor text is on smelt? This is my, one of my favorite flavor texts. Oh, uh, no, I don't. Please tell me. Looks like it wasn't dark steel after all. Oh. That's 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 uh, nerdy, but I, it always made me laugh. I, I thought, used to play smelt. I thought you were talking about meltdown, actually. Oh, no, no. Smelt is a one-mana instant chatter. Because... So there's Meltdown from Urza's Saga, and it's destroy each artifact with a total casting cost of X or less, which is really it's a one it's a one and a uh, one red and an X. And I was like, oh man, that card's like so rude to play against a person who's like, you know, got a bunch of artifact, you know, zero cost artifacts out. You're like one red, all all your shit's gone. I'm looking um, at this deck. It's got it's a it says blue red Delver, but it's got two Tundras and then five white cards in the sideboard. It does not have a mental or uh, oh, it has two swords of plowshares in the main deck too. It does yeah. not have a uh, monastery mentor. I'm surprised by that because this would be pretty stupid as a mentor deck. Oh, why not um, just add one? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I guess you probably get rid of this like deck fade in and play. Well, I guess you can't get rid of deck fade in and vintage. What could you cut this deck? Uh, I don't know. A young pyromancer and just play the what's the it called? Deck, but look, this card. deck. This deck has <laughs> here's here's a case for here's a case for your crusade against workshop, Zach. Hmm. 
this deck list I'm looking at has two main deck null rods, sideboard, one by force, two I'm sorry, one by force, four smelt, one stony silence. <laughs> it's like, geez, man, like, do we have to have an two, entire format three, like that? Two, three, seven, eight. That's eight pieces of artifact hate, plus two sorts of plowshares for all the uh, for the creatures, right? So this guy's going in against workshops and saying, like, the game two against workshops, this guy's just like, yeah, whatever. Don't yeah. play chalice, I guess. He's going to counter chalice and then just have smelt online, right? That's his plan? Yeah. <laughs> so what's what do you think that the the number is Nate the percentage is that you the wizard just goes nope that's that's got to be too much we've got to make it like we've got to find a way to tweak it well cuz we're looking at 21% which is almost double any other deck in in the But format. it's half of what it was a month ago or whatever what was the last update it was when I was in Hawaii so it was like 7 weeks ago Yeah that was workshop was at 40% so is there another workshop category on here? We shouldn't be using MTG Goldfish. We know everybody, by the way. We're just we're just kind of using it because it's the easiest one to read. The information's um, there for us, and it's, um, you know, it's it's close. It's close. So like it's twenty, maybe it's fifteen. It's going to be more than anyone else, right? Um, well, they've achieved their goal of diversifying the blue decks because I see blue red Delver. I see something called Dragon Lord Standstill. I see something called Team Leovold. You know, creeping up there. Yeah. And they've taken shops down a peg to twenty percent. Yeah, still so, a pe- down a peg from tier zero to tier to tier point five. Tier point five, yeah, tier A, yeah. Um, I, I think that they're probably happy with this, and um, you know, if it, if the if the extent of the reason that it worked out is that there's one less taxing effect it can drop on turn one. And that one would actually increase their spells as well, right? Yes. Because it even stops their creatures. And they've got a bunch of variety in blue decks. I don't think there's anything. I don't think they feel they need to do anything in Vintage. But with Vintage, because there's a restricted list, I think they're more apt to pull the trigger four days before tournament. Because you can always play the card, right? It's true. Um, I, I'm, I don't think they're ever restricting Workshop. I don't it's think Workshop. Not it will, not, definitely not in the next like year. I'm going to say uh, they're not going to restrict workshop. But, yeah, I think, I mean, that's all I kind of have to say about Vintage right now is, like, I, I, it's it's a fun format, but, man, it is, it's like when they stopped producing land destruction that was good in, like, standard. They were like, no more stone rain effects. We'll make it four to uh, five mana for a stone rain effect, and it'll at four it'll only target non-basic lands. And you're like... Why even bother? Like, why make draft terrible? <laughs> yeah. You know? um, so let's, let's sum up our positions here. So legacy, ambivalent towards whether or not something will be banned, and I doubt something will be banned. Yeah. Or unbanned on Tuesday, right? And death right is still a ridiculous magic card. Ridiculous, but I, I don't I don't think is <laughs> yeah. the biggest problem, but I don't think that matters. Yeah. Vintage, shops is still going to be the best. And that's what that's all there is to say about that. Yeah, right? like I think paradoxical outcome is very safe if uh, if they're not going to ban anything, uh, they have to take something away from shops before they take something away from something else. Still, yeah, I, I don't think paradoxical outcome is oppressive. Uh, let's put it that way, right? Yeah. Like it's just not oppressive. 
maybe they'll get rid of mental misstep and and actually make this format interesting to I watch like in the first couple that, turns. Honestly, like, um, I'm so sick of of watching like the misstep, 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 misstep thing happen, and it's like, oh, someone took eight life so they yeah, could play so their voltaic key. Um. So okay, the the eternal formats are our judgment is that it's safe. I just want to say one thing about modern. Can we mm-hmm. please have Stoneforge Mystic? I just want to play Stoneforge Mystic again. I don't like playing it in Legacy right now. <laughs> I just want to play Stoneforge. I just like Stoneforge Mystic. I honestly haven't been paying enough attention to Modern to feel like something needs to be dealt with, but I think Modern's probably okay. Street Wraith. It's it's fine. Is on it's the fine. There's list. nothing wrong with anything. Yeah. The, the most the, the most played deck is at six point three six percent. Yeah. I mean, come on, that is pretty good. Yeah. Now, I mean, it depends on how you feel about you know. Sometimes you're just not going to have sideboard for a deck that you show up with, show up and see. Um, but. You know, what, a, what about an unban? Uh, this is a good time for an unban, and I I would like to, unban. Please, I just want to play Stoneforge Mystic again. I just want to attach some stuff to some other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I want to do. Um, um, I mean, you could play Affinity. You could put a skull skull clamp, not skull clamp. Uh, dark, cranial plating. Cranial plating on a thing. Actually, you know, I bet that's what's keeping Stoneforge banned now. Because you can play it. Can you play a turn one Stoneforge in Affinity? Yeah, of course. Like, M Knight Artifact Land. You could just play like Artifact Land, Memnite, Thing, Thing, Stoneforge. Thing, uh, tap it, uh, Opal, tap it, Opal, Stoneforge. I mean, or you could just play Opal and a uh, land, right? You don't have you even have to have two Opals. I don't think that ha- turn one Stoneforge is like the most oppressive thing that's even happening in, in uh, this format, though, honestly. You know, as we talk about Death Right and you know, the different kinds of oppression in force. I just want to point out one thing that is interesting in modern, the, the top performing deck is Eldrazi Tron, which yeah. has chalice of the void. Right. Yep. And if it can't play it on turn one, I'm just going to make sure I'm right about that. It is not able to play it on turn one. There's no Simeon spirit guide. It just plays chalice of the void. Right. Um, and it's got colorless lands and it's got all these colorless cards. And it, this is the, this is the top performing deck, right? Sure. In vintage, the top performing deck is workshops. Which can play a chalice on turn one, but only gets access to one of them. And can do a bunch of other stuff on turn one. That's a top performing deck in modern and vintage. Legacy of the three non-rotating formats is the only one where the top performing decks are blue decks. Or even colored decks, period, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's interesting. Like we we know that Chalice is powerful in Legacy still, but it's the power, it's the fact that Legacy has high card value, right? So that and and it has high card value. The cards tend to be better than the cards in in modern, right? Would you say that that's a fair assessment? Yes. The average 100%. legacy card is better than the average modern card, and it can play four of everything, which makes it more consistent than in vintage, where the best cards are all restricted. Yep. Right, and that gives you the consistency. So, the idea that you know, I think we're we're kind of if you're the kind of person who doesn't like playing against colorless decks a lot. Legacy is in a pretty good spot. A pretty good spot. I'm pretty sure you'd probably rather be playing against, uh, you know, mostly Deathrite Shaman decks than mostly Chalice of the Void decks. Legacy and Standard, where you can play against a ton of uh, burn decks, which I'm cool what with. What is going on? I just looked at Standard for the first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ramanop Red is this top deck. I have no idea what's going on here. Yeah, it's, it's just a just a you know red deck wins. Uh, it's a relatively inexpensive red deck wins. 
Uh, and then Teamer Energy is is just basically like it's a it's a from what I understand. Let me look real fast. Uh, so you just like yeah yeah it's a uh, what's it called just a beat down like deck. Nothing crazy. Commit to really. memory. <laughs> Whatever is that this format there's like a six mana sorcery i don't know what's going on yeah i mean that, that six mana sorcery <laughs> is also only playable from the graveyard and it's uh time twister so <laughs> um there's some interesting de- esper gift wait what esper gift wait and what is gift gate god pharaoh's gift oh you got me all worked up about gift <laughs> this is yeah. a standard deck yeah 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 well that that tap pay seven life destroy target online format well, you know, I get, I saw a standard deck posted that I thought actually looked interesting. It was another rug deck that was like just like a rug aggro deck. Tier it is, tier it is, teamer Miracle Grow. Sorry, we're talking about standard, everybody. It's basically, it's got, it's like Miracle Grow. It's got that deep root champion whenever you cast a non creature spell. Yeah. For a tune with Ether, for Opt. Yes. For Chart of Course. Chart of Course. <laughs> I mean, you can play it in, in the format that it was printed for, for sure. Or um, Charter Course, $2.40 for a set of Charter Course, everybody. Just go get them. I don't know how much the foils are. Get them in foil. Enigma Drake. This thing is sick. Two Cryptic Serpent. You know, I I tried to make that Cryptic Serpent um, uh, Stubborn Denial deck work before I switched to Esper Mentor, and that did not work. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> good that Esper Mentor is working. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just funny, like, I was like, oh, I can't lose. Well, I kept <laughs> my, I had Sea Drake, remember that card? Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's a four-power creature in blue. <laughs> that's another great card to throw in your, in your, uh, chal- you know, your Chalice of the Void Soul Land deck. Right, yeah. Return your City of Traders. Um, yeah, I tried that as my other thing, and it just kept getting uh, killed with the return lands on the stack. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> I didn't. It's so like I Lightning Bolt. Well, I, theoretically, I would have had enough mana up for um, for uh, stubborn denial, but uh, didn't. If I didn't, it just just bounced just a bunch dies. of lands back to yeah. my hand, and I and I and uh, cryptic serpent was sick though. I don't know, cool card. Well, good luck to everybody playing at Eternal Weekend. Yeah. Unfortunately, neither of us can make it this year. No, but... it's, too, it's far too close to uh, to my wedding. I've only got a Nate. I've got one month left now. Yeah, one month. As a single planeswalker. <laughs> yeah, that means you only have three months left of worrying about, you know, things you did, forgot to do for the wedding. Because I was waking up months after the wedding like, oh, what did I forget to do? Like, <laughs> like oh, wait, it already happened. That, that already happened, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, good night, everybody. Yep, that's it. That's it. Good night. Thanks. Where does he get those wonderful toys?